If I didn't live with this disease, I would think they were lying, that you could have that much pain and still be breathing. Continuous aching pain. Sometimes I might be in the hospital for a week. I almost died at 12. Powerful voices of people living with a painful disease. Both of the people you just heard and millions more just like them around the world depend on the generosity of complete strangers to keep them alive. Are you among the people who holds a unique power to help them live? If you are, the answer will be found running through your veins. Thank you for joining us for the Share Your Power podcast. I'm Susan Forbes. And I'm Pat Michaels. Today we're sharing a story that needs to move to the forefront. And we think that by the time you're done listening, you are likely going to have a new appreciation for your blood. That's right. Now, it's easy to take our blood for granted. I mean, it's in there just doing what it's supposed to do, and we don't really think about it. But what if your blood didn't do what it was supposed to do? That's the reality for people born with sickle cell disease. Sickle cell is an inherited blood disorder that primarily affects African Americans and people of African ancestry. Instead of being round and smooth, their red blood cells become crescent-shaped. And when that happens, those cells jam up and stick to the walls of blood vessels, blocking blood flow and causing extreme pain, and it can be life-threatening. When this happens, blood transfusions are needed to save the patient's life, but the blood they receive has to be extraordinarily specific. Finding it is literally an around-the-clock effort, and we're going to tell you all about the people who are doing the searching in just a few minutes. But first, we're taking you inside a hospital where a sickle cell patient tells you what he's enduring and the staggering amount of blood he requires to live. Orlando Ager has sickle cell disease. It's just like a continuous aching pain. And every month for about four hours, he undergoes a blood exchange to alleviate his pain. It's not a cure, but what it does, it kind of temporizes his condition. That is Dr. Ify Asunquo, known as Dr. Ify for short. She treats sickle cell patients at Levine Cancer Institute in Charlotte, North Carolina. Orlando Ager is one of her many patients. I was in a hospital room with the two of them as Orlando underwent a blood exchange. And as I stood there in complete amazement as to what I was witnessing, Dr. Ify explained how the procedure works. So basically what's happening is he has two different IVs. So one port is taking blood out of him into a waste bag over there in the back. And the other port is where blood is getting into his body. So that's sickle cell negative blood going into his body. His sickle cell blood is coming out of this port and going into a waste bag. And so you cycle the body through this a couple of times. He needs eight units of blood each month for this procedure. At the end of the procedure, all of the blood in Orlando Ager's body was replaced with new blood. Needless to say, blood donors are literally Orlando's lifeline. In just the past five years, he has received more than 500 units of blood by having monthly blood exchanges, a staggering reality that even Orlando finds hard to believe. 505 years is just, it's just incredible. And when he thinks about the hundreds of blood donors keeping him alive, Man, I wouldn't even know what to say to them people. I would be grateful, though. Very grateful. I'm very grateful right now. I'm still here. They helping me live. 
one minute I might be slowed down. Once I get that blood exchange after a few hours, I'm back up and back to normal. Doctors are turning to blood exchanges more often to treat sickle cell patients. The monthly procedure helps prevent sickle cell complications from occurring, which means less time in the emergency room and enables a better quality of life. But Dr. Iffy says they require a lot of blood at one time. Those patients, you really need to get about six, sometimes over 10 bags of blood every single time you do that procedure. I have a guy who's in his 40s, he needs 14 bags of blood every month. Okay, now Pat, when she says 14 bags of blood, Let's put that in perspective for everyone. That is blood from 14 different blood donors. And I got to tell you, Pat, standing in that room watching Orlando Ager get a blood exchange was nothing short of amazing. I can imagine. I mean, they're literally replacing all of the blood in his body with all new blood. It's, it is incredible, to say the least. And he's just sitting there watching TV and talking to me while it's being done, which makes the whole thing even more astounding. But thank goodness a procedure like this is even possible because it enables him to live and to live with less pain. But Susan, let's talk about the blood Orlando and the other sickle cell patients like him are receiving. Yeah, because that's really a other huge part of this story. Because as we said at the start of the podcast, sickle cell disease primarily impacts people of African ancestry. And as Dr. Ify's about to explain, the blood transfusions they are receiving needs to come from donors of the same ethnicity. We need blood to help save people's lives. People with sickle cell disease are desperate for blood from African-American donors. Whether you have sickle cell disease or some other uh, medical pr problem that requires frequent transfusions, you need to be given blood that is as closely matched to you as possible. And the potential of that happening is better when there's a diverse blood supply. So you may be listening to this and thinking, a diverse blood supply? What does diversity have to do with it? Blood is blood, right? Well, yes, in most instances, blood is blood, but when a person needs regular blood transfusions, like sickle cell patients, it's more than providing them the right blood type. As Dr. Ify explained to us, it's about providing them blood that is also genetically similar to theirs. So they're exposed to a lot of different donors each time they get transfused. And then think about the cumulative exposure over their lifetime. If you get exchanges every month for 30 years, you can do the math. That's a lot of different donors, a lot of units of blood. So red blood cells, um, there's a genetic tendency to be a little bit different in terms of the minor typing on your red blood cells. And it kind of goes along with your ancestry. So people of African ancestry tend to have a unique minor red cell phenotype compared to those of Caucasian ancestry. And so if you're transfused with blood from a different ancestry, the tendency is that you may develop antibodies or an allergic reaction to the other person's blood units. And this generates antibodies in you so that the next time you get transfused, it can cause a severe reaction that has the potential of actually taking your life. And so it's pretty important that we look at sickle cell patients who one, are gonna get transfused a lot more than the typical population, and that we type their blood to be reflective of the African ancestry. Now the challenge with that is that most blood donors are not African-American or of African ancestry. I think we haven't done a really good job with communicating to the community about the importance of African-American blood donation, about how vital it is 
to help save the lives of members of their own community. And that is why a diverse blood supply is so important. For some patients, it is more than providing them the right blood type. They need blood that is also genetically similar to theirs, which means it has to come from donors of the same ethnicity. And regardless of your ethnicity, if you need regular blood transfusions, the same scenario holds true. But here's the issue. When less than 5% of the United States blood supply is from people of African ancestry, it makes it challenging to find compatible blood for sickle cell patients. Yes, it does. And to put that in perspective for you, more than 70% of the blood supply comes from Caucasian blood donors. So when a patient that is Caucasian needs genetically similar blood, it's easier for the lab to find compatible blood because there are more donations from Caucasian donors to screen. Okay, so what makes our blood unique to our ethnicity? Well, it has to do with antigens. Antigens are subtypings on the surface of our red blood cells. Our genetics determine the antigens we have and the antigens we don't have. And for some people, like sickle cell patients, well, they need to be given blood that has the same antigen profile as them. If not, their body can reject the transfusion and it can harm them, just like Dr. Ify explained a moment ago. The people doing the antigen matching are a team of unsung heroes that work behind the scenes at blood centers all over the country. It is literally an around-the-clock effort that takes place, and it's nothing short of amazing the work they do. Here at One Blood, we have one of the largest reference labs in the nation, and the team there is literally screening the blood supply, searching for blood donations that will match sickle cell patients. Our colleague Frida Bright is Director of Compatibility Testing Laboratories and has spent nearly 30 years working in reference labs. And as she explains, it can often be like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Holding up a unit of blood, Frida starts to tell us what the special tag attached to that unit of blood says. This unit right here, you'll notice, is big C, big E, K, FYA, or Duffy, A and B negative. To most of us, all these letters and names she just said sounds like a secret code, but in actuality, they're names of antigens. And the unit of blood that Frida is showing us is like hitting the antigen jackpot. That's a really, really good one. This is a great rare unit that certainly matches one of our sickle patients. And when it comes to finding the perfect match for sickle cell patients, it all comes down to one thing. It's all about the antigens, whether they're there, whether they're not there. Around the clock inside the One Blood Reference Labs and in blood centers across the country, there are teams of people testing and screening the blood supply, searching for the right unit of blood that has exactly the right combination of antigens that will match sickle cell patients. One Blood never sleeps. We have stat requests in the middle of the night. We have stat requests on Christmas morning. You know, that's people, when they need blood, they need blood when they need it. Meeting that need requires a diverse blood supply. And there is no greater example of why a diverse blood supply is so important than when it comes to finding compatible blood for sickle cell patients. I could screen a thousand Caucasian donations and probably not find one specially matched product for my sickle cell patient. But I could screen a thousand African American donations and probably find a few hundred that would match our sickle cell patients. Because screening the right ethnic group makes it easier, quicker, 
and faster to find the specially matched blood products for our sickle cell patients. It's all about genetics, and to break it all down for us, Frida brought out her special antigen chart. This is what we refer to as the global antigen frequencies. And what this tells us is how often a certain antigen type occurs in our population. Now remember what we said earlier, antigens are determined by our genetics and antigens have some rather odd sounding names. Frida's first example has to do with an antigen called the Duffy A antigen. The Duffy A antigen occurs in 66% of Caucasian, but only occurs in 10% of African-Americans. I have less than 34% chance of finding in the Caucasian population, but I've got a 90% chance of finding a Duffier negative matched blood product for my sickle cell patient if I screen African-American donors. Okay, you could probably hear her tapping her pen there to emphasize her point. And she's gonna tap it again in this next example as well. Okay, example number two gets even more specific. And this example revolves around an antigen called the Duffy-3. If I needed a unit that was Duffy-3 negative, 100% of Caucasians are gonna have it. But over 70% of African-Americans will lack it. So when I need to find a unit that is negative for the Duffy-3, I'm not gonna find it in the Caucasian population. I'm only gonna find units negative for the Duffy-3 in our African-American donors. This is where we target our African-American donors in order to provide these specially matched products for our sickle patients. So how hard is it to find that combination? Hard, very hard. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of dedication by a team of people. And we're very fortunate to have a great team of people dedicated to do that here at One Blood. When a rare unit is found, it is carefully categorized, specially tagged and stored. Some are used right away. Others head for the deep freezer where they can be stored for up to 10 years. There is a constant need for rare blood to help sickle cell patients. And the only way to increase the supply is to increase the diversity of the blood donor population. Typically, the donor population maybe isn't as diverse as we would like it to be. If it was more diverse, that would give us more opportunities to screen more units and to be able to provide more specially matched blood to our sickle patients. So there you have it. Who knew all that? Uh, probably not most people, but it's information we all should know. And I bet now that you know it, everyone listening is probably wondering what antigens they have running through their veins right about now. I mean, how could they not? We all should know about this life force that is keeping us alive. Our blood is more powerful in more ways than one. Absolutely, Pat. And, and you know, you had the chance to talk with a woman who's not only a doctor, but is a doctor who has sickle cell disease. That's right, Susan. Physician and best-selling author, Dr. Simone Ewan, is fighting the effects of sickle cell and makes it public in a big way. She lives in Orlando, Florida, but her influence goes around the world with her popular YouTube show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dr. Simone Says. I am a medical doctor with sickle cell disorder and also a best-selling author. For Dr. Simone Ewan, sharing her life living with sickle cell disease has become her new profession, even on the days when she doesn't quite feel up to it. 
It's not just when I'm at my mountaintop. It's when I'm in the valley. That's, that's when I want to be able to uh, connect with you guys. From her Orlando home, she reaches around the globe with her YouTube channel, Facebook forums, and other forms of social media. This all grew out of her best-selling book called A Doctor in a Patient's Body, Dreaming Big with Sickle Cell Disease and Chronic Pain. I stopped practicing, but I don't have to um, let that knowledge die. I can apply it elsewhere. There are people who need it. A lot of what people experience aren't even in the textbooks yet, but I've experienced it too. And like most sickle cell patients, she depends on blood donors to help her survive. I've easily had over 200 units of blood. When I was first diagnosed, they didn't know what I had. I almost died at 12. I got a boatload of transfusions, you know, during the span of one month. Sickle cell has taken its toll. Just breathing is difficult, forcing her to depend on supplemental oxygen. Dr. Simone says she connects so well with others battling sickle cell because she understands the pain. I used to tell my husband, if I, if I didn't live with this disease, I would think they were lying, that you could have that much pain and still be breathing. And she's pleading with the African-American community and people of African ancestry to donate blood to help others like her. You'd never know when your turn comes around that you actually need a matched transfusion like from your own community. And so I just urge everybody uh, to donate and I believe the good will come back to you. Without it, we can't live. I'll, we basically die an early death. And my face is representative of many people in my African-American community that need blood to live. Pat, that is such a powerful story. Dr. Yuan has really turned her pain into purpose in an effort to create awareness to save lives. She really is, Susan. More than 100 million people around the world suffer from sickle cell disease, and many of them need regular blood transfusions to live. Dr. Simone definitely is doing her part to create awareness so more lives can be saved. She certainly is, and we thank her for sharing her story with us. You know, we've packed a lot of information in this episode, and we hope it helps shine a much-needed light on the importance of a diverse blood supply. We hope you will think about sharing your power and being a blood donor, because while this episode focused on the need for more people of African ancestry to donate— the fact is, there are patients of all ethnicities that need genetically similar blood, and the more we diversify the blood supply, the better chance the right match will be on hand when a patient needs it. And if all this wasn't eye-opening enough, in our next episode, we're going to introduce you to a little girl that has some of the rarest blood in the world. My daughter's life very much depends on the blood. The possibility of us finding a compatible donor for this little girl is less than 4%. It's a humble request, and I request it from my heart. So please, don't donate the blood for my daughter. It's going to be a good one. We hope you will join us. Thank you for listening to this episode of Share Your Power podcast. We know you have a lot of choices when it comes to what to listen to, and we appreciate that you chose us. 
We hope you will subscribe to our show. And while you're at it, maybe leave us an awesome comment or two and maybe even a review. That would be great. We really thank you so much for joining us. And remember to share your power. power.